0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Blom coming at you from Central Texas. It is Father's Day 2023, June 18th. With me, as always, is my excellent friend, excellent colleague, genius attorney, gentleman and a scholar, Sean Esquire. Happy Father's Day to you, sir.
1: Thank you, Dr. Blom. Happy Father's Day to you. And you are empty nesting now, right?
0: I am pretty much, yeah, pretty much there and I am making peace and I'm doing the whole uh, glasses half full thing where I'm like, well, like, hey, look at that grocery bill. Okay,
1: yeah, that's nice. Yeah. You've then, done all of your official fatherly duties.
0: So many, it's, but
1: it's over.
0: Yeah, well, the <laughs> it's, it's so over just, you know, time to time to live on a cruise ship for the next 10 years. Uh, yeah, you still got to, uh, you still got to. Uh take care of um the life stuff I think actually, and I can't speak for everyone that um uh that you get into this kung fu master part when you get older when you're like, okay, bring it in, take a knee, let me tell you about the young adult years, and like oh, you thought you had a you think you had a a bad breakup in high school. Let me tell you about the the twenties breakup or or whatever else, so uh, I feel mm-hmm. like that I'm embracing my my kung fu master sort of stuff and uh, I'm very thankful that uh, my dog as we've been sitting here has finally decided to make noise he's never done that before as soon as we get started <laughs> Sean Esquire and I have been prepping for about an hour totally silent and then a uh, dog is doing his thing so uh, the yeah, music th- it was the music got him pumped that's what it is I think it's very you know uh, it might be Pavlonian for him do you think that's mm-hmm. that's the case? yeah so to all of uh, all fathers out there uh, happy Fathers Day well the, the fathers that are like like doing father stuff if you're uh, if you're POS father then uh, then you know you're, you're the worst ever and also everyone here's a fun thing that you can do uh, sometimes when it's July 4th you invite your British friends Sean Esquire, do you ever invite your British friends over for July for July 4th barbecue?
1: all the time. Yeah, you're like, the "Oh, hey, what breaks. day is
0: what day is today?"
1: Right? That's right. It's yeah. our Freedom Day.
0: Just invite your friends over for Father's Day weekend that uh that grew up without a dad and be like, "Hey, let's uh let's let's play catch." Let's
1: do <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about the birds and the bees. <laughs>
0: you got to uh, you know, you got to squirrel away at 401 k you know, it's uh <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how it works. Uh so not a heck of a lot on on follow-up uh Mayacopa this week. Also, by the way, I'm sorry everyone, we have huge uh fans. I don't think we have anything on the volcano front this week, Sean Esquire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, there was a volcano in the Philippines that erupted.
0: It's there. It's going. Hey, everyone! Also, uh, this is episode fifteen. It's June eighteen, and uh, somebody t- today was like, "Hey, let's let's get started earlier." So this is a little bit like episode seven for our fans that are our tried and true fans. That a little, little more uh, boozing than than usual, but it's father's day so you know what no it's it's your day who who are you to judge you you know what exactly that is exactly right all fathers get together and say it's my day I could do (laughs) just walk around you know what there should be uh national laws on father's day it if you have to run any chores whatever like if there's a dude just walking around in his underwear and a robe like an open bathrobe like he doesn't even bother to close it he's just at the grocery store Everyone's like, "Hey, uh, hey, indecency!" In like, nope. Uh, uh, hey, Father's Day, and it's like, oh, why? Why is he? Why is he two fisting beers at the grocery? store? Hey, it's Father's Day, lady. Shut it down. <laughs> nobody, nobody what is, thing? uh, you know, riding your ass when you are asking for a bunch of chocolates and and uh, doilies and expensive sheets or whatever. So, you know what? You you get a day, and we get a day, and that's equality. That's how it works. That's right. China Squire, back me up on this.
1: Yeah, I thought it was just for the Catholic priests.
0: <laughs> Why isn't? Uh, I really feel like society is not doing their part for Father's Day. There should be, you know, like beer stations. Like people run marathons, they're like, hey, hey, here's some water for you. you know, Free should, golf. Like, you know, there should be like more grills around town. Just like a random yeah. grill, like just like dudes over there, like high fiving, more high fiving for day for the for Father's Day, just in general. Listening to 80s a, rock. I mean, you just like walk out to your car and somebody throws you a football, they're like, throw it back. You're like, all right, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Fa-
1: yeah. Father's Cracking Day. Cracking back some some fine Pilsner American beers.
0: You know what a lot of people don't really talk about on Father's Day is uh, you know, you should absolutely, hey, it's my day. Like we just jump out of bed. 6 a.m. Hey, it's my day, everybody. Just tell your whole family. <laughs> just start chanting, right? <laughs> But also, hey, uh, fellow dads out there, uh, pro tip over here, it's uh, this is the one day of the year you can talk it up. Basically, you, you got to lay down. You don't have to lay down the law, but you can lay down the law. You can just say, guess what? Tonight, since it's Father's Day, I'm going to do all the weird sex stuff that I'm not allowed to do for the rest <laughs> of the year. The whole year, I can't do all the weird stuff. I'm going to do it because today is my day. Today is my day. I earn it. I work hard all year. Ah, Father's Day, and who's going to who's going to say no to that? Right, it's Father's Day. No one says no when you're like, oh, I got to get the flowers and the candy and the and the, the sparkly uh, jewelry stuff and everything. Like everyone, no one is shutting that down. No one's like, oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, you got to, hey, let's celebrate celebrate that day. That's fine. Let's do that. So, <laughs> i I am concerned in this day and age that there's people that are taking advantage and they're just double di- dipping and they're like I am going to identify as a mom on a mo- on mom's day I'm going to get all mom's day stuff and they're like hey uh, I'm a dad now I identify as a dad and they're going to they're just, they're just exploiting the whole thing about identifying with, with 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 whatever so anyway hey dads you can you can uh, you can request not really, probably not demand, but you can really, you know, just nudge. If you got weird request, s- sexual or otherwise, just, it's okay. It's your day, man. You've earned it. Sean Esquire, back me up here.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. What he said. <laughs>
0: uh, a couple of Mayacopas from last week. I blanked on MMA guy, Connor McGregor, right? We were talking about the rock star lawyer dudes for the Kim Paxton case. And I said, Mike Tyson and the Irish guy. And so I wasn't talking about the Lucky Charms guy, although he's probably a brawler. You know, he's all, he's all jacked up. He's all jacked up on, on sugar. Song. marshmallows. <laughs> this kid cereal. Now there's like 95% marshmallows and another 90% sugar. Don't, don't look up the math. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, matter. doesn't Everyone, matter. Yeah. So it's father's day. And I haven't had a 10% beer, but uh, I, I'm enjoying my day. And who are you, Judge Sean Esquire? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snap at you. <laughs> it's your <That's>...
2: day. <laughs> <laughs> it's my day. It's just
0: wake up and just say that at anything that happens at all. Like, oh, hey, um, Sean Esquire, will you uh, will you come kill the spider for me? Sean Esquire, <laughs> say, the, say the battle cry. It's my day. It's the battle. Oh, it's my day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing anything today. I'm not, help- I'm not helping anyone with parallel parking or killing spiders or math or whatever you have going on. Also, <laughs> we have a correction on, I said, lady, Lieden, Lieden, hosen. whatever. I don't know the German garb, but Sean Esquire, he's a bit of an expert. Will you help me out on the lady? We That's <laughs> not.
3: It's is that a...
0: Dirndl. I feel like there's not enough vowels in that word. There's too many consonants, right?
1: There's only but, one
0: vowel. But you sent me a pick, and that as uh, whoa. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was for
1: research purposes only.
0: Okay. I mean we're we're thorough, if nothing else. So all of our
1: And she's holding a beer.
0: I mean, so That's historically accurate. That's culturally sensitive. It's all it's all of it. That's thank thank you for I think the fishnets really brought it in. I don't know how how perfect (laughs) that is. Also, I I said last time I said dive into the cave. I was trying to, whatever. Uh, I think I was trying to say something to the effect of um, steer into the skid. I was talking about, you know, you got to dive into the crevasse to get out of it. It doesn't matter. I
1: I don't remember what you were talking about.
0: mm, Life in general and just, uh, right, you know heartbreak and and uh perseverance just the okay. uh the duality of man uh, in and of itself then there was also uh, somebody is being a stickler over here someone somebody that is a gun expert was like hey uh you said the german mp42 m- uh, uh, it's m it's mg i probably Mach- it's
1: machine gun is what the mg right.
0: okay i thought like yeah. military power like it's a military yeah. power Right. That was
1: like a submachine gun, though. It was like there was like an MP forty and an MP forty four, but the MG forty two was the machine gun that the Germans had in their machine gun nests.
0: So, on the MP forty, what's the P for?
1: Um, pistol, machine <sighs> pistol.
0: So there's no, there's no like fully automatic MP.
1: It, it was a fully automatic, but it was like a. Like a nine millimeter round with like you know, twenty or forty rounds. The MG had like the belt-fed ammunition. It shot you know hundreds of rounds.
0: Yeah, that was the Saving Private Ryan gun, right? That's the MG. Okay, MG, the real the real deal. And I have a I have a more of a follow up than than a Mayacopa on mod modit modit. Is the the beer that I drank last week getting a little ahead of myself on the on the beer talk? But I want to say that I did cover, I did uh, check out more of the web page. We didn't really talk about the the label, which was it's gorgeous. It's got like uh, the devil on it. Uh, not that I'm like advocating devil stuff or whatever. There's a flying canoe, which we talked about also, and I and I butchered a lot of the Quebec French pronunciation there's a whole story on that beer uh and i know we're not on beer talk it's okay i'm just trying to fly through these bullet points so we can get to the to the rest of it the story on that beer from last week from uh, last episode uh on the maudit is that uh there was these lumberjacks and they were doing lumberjack stuff and they were far away from home and they they missed their loved ones and they missed their wives and they wanted they i you know, there there might have been Christmas time or whatever, but they said, hey, we're gonna let's get home. And Sean Esquire and I last time were laughing about the whole flying canoe thing and whatever sort of uh uh devil Mephistopheles situation was going on. So they the lumberjacks made a deal with the devil. They're gonna get in the canoe and they're gonna fly across country and go party with their wives and everybody else, have a night of fun. And that was the whole story regarding that beer. And you might think like, oh, that's dumb or whatever. But it's not like Miller Lite or the the (laughs) Rolling Rock. They don't have an awesome story regarding flying canoes and everything else. And Maudit, uh, it means the damned. So there's that also. And I had butchered the pronunciation on Unibrow, uh, Unibrew. Is, uh, I believe that's the correct, correct pronunciation. Thank you, Quebecians. And uh, I promise I'm not having a stroke here. I'm struggling through pronouncing these things. So great story regarding Lumberjacks. Great label. Great beer also. I still uh, high-five them. And great write-up on their webpage regarding all of their aromatic this and their mellifloris that and their orange hinted notes of whatever... And China Squire, did you have any follow up regarding people describing uh, beers?
1: Um. So I checked the Miller Lite website. There was no canoes, no devil, <sighs> no food pairings, no relationship goals. Monster uh, trucks,
0: chili cheese dogs, and right, and uh, AR fifteen.
1: This is our beer. That's what it boils down to. Okay. Um, but I did find the triple hops brewed is because they add hops at three different times of their brewing process.
0: We have spoken about this throughout maybe like every episode, every other episode that you're like, Oh, I got my Miller triple hops, blah, blah, blah. And I tell you, I've given you shit. I'm like, Oh, it's not a hoppy beer. So right. you finally have unlocked the secret uh, that's on the side of the can yeah, you did. You did. You did a five second Google search. So, oh yes. look, oh the Da Vinci Code is is done. You did it. I
1: th- I think if they're gonna if they're ever gonna make an IPA, they're probably just gonna do like eight type adding hops eight different times of the brewing. I I don't know. I That's don't know what how I make think. I think. But I, mean, I they're, just add more.
0: Regular Miller is trip quote unquote triple hops, and it doesn't taste hoppy at all. Then in the event that they go to Hoppy Town, it's just going to, you'll end up in Did the just, emergency room for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Trying too hard. Why? I'm sorry. Why triple hops? It's not I three, guess, different, not three well, different hops.
1: I guess you just start with water and then they put some hops in and that's the first hop brewed. And then they add some some more hops for like color and and then maybe some more hops for some for some flavor.
0: Is that what it says and on the web page?
1: And then they stop there. They said that's enough hops. We're we're done.
0: This is Miller. We we don't we don't want this <laughs> to taste too much unlike water. We don't want we don't want to get dangerously overboard here. Is that what the web page was talking about? Was that they said we do some hops and we do some water and then we do another hops. I,
1: I mean, it didn't say, like, this is why, but it says, like, step one, adding hops. Step two is to add, like, color to make it, I guess, more amber. Right. And then they add hops again to increase the complexity and flavor, but don't want to go too far away from water. So we stopped there.
0: Okay. I feel like their definition of adding hops is, like, drop, drop, drop. You know, whatever. (laughs) There's no no real deal adding hops. Also, I feel like their hops, whatever their hops is, is very tame.
1: We can can do a brewery tour, but it says there's you have to walk between 40 and 50 stairs, so no strollers, and I can't push you in a wheelchair, I'm guessing, based on that. So if you ever want to go do a Miller Lite brewery tour.
0: What if you get halfway through the brewery tour and you're like, I got to get uh, put me in the wagon. I can't walk in. <laughs> like you've made it that well, far. Well, it could be.
1: The beer is so strong they give you a beer to start the tour with.
0: Right. I mean, that's what brewery Or tours maybe it's are. for
1: hydration?
0: It's, it's they want to show off their their triple hops. There was a story on their webpage by the way. It was about like, you know, John Miller came over here from the land of the other Millers or whatever else, did you not? You didn't see all that? Mm, no. The follow up was going to be that I had <laughs> written this story about the Quebec beer that was delicious, and there was a whole story there and flying canoes. And I was like, "Oh, you're gonna check out the the Miller thing because you because you have your dad fridge is like way too much Miller." and then uh it's so got
1: plenty of miller in it it's i saw great. i
0: saw that yeah so that's by the way beautiful dad fridge high five china squire yeah. has this uh futuristic tron situation uh, it's yeah. like it looks like a rave <laughs> like a glass
1: door rave. and the led lights
0: <laughs> right it's like it's an it's an awesome rave, and you pull in the parking lot, and you're like, mm-hmm, 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 and then mm-hmm. you get in there, and you're like, oh, it's a Miller Lite. Oh my God, it's triple. It's
1: set to tri- thirty nine degrees. It's,
0: it's triple it's hops. Great,
1: it's triple hops.
0: Okay, viewers, and oh, by the way, uh, we didn't give a, a special high five, hello to our Belgium friends. We're getting more and more. So, Belgium from friends, Latvia. And, oh, yeah, that's right. We have some uh, Latvian people now. Thank you, uh, Latvian people. And so, yeah, I'll be looking for a Latvian beer. And Belgium folk, I'm sorry I didn't get a Belgian beer this weekend. Uh, I'm crazy busy with work and doing Father's Day stuff. And so I promise, promise, promise it's coming. And you know what, everyone? I'm going to pick up Sean Esquire's Slack, and I'm going to be diving headfirst into the Story of the Miller Light and uh, and everything else, and then uh, and there it is. (laughs) That's we've been doing beer talk already.
1: That's the Miller.
0: Way to go! It's that time, everyone. It is. It is beer talk time. Very exciting. (laughs) Sean Esquire did not read any of the Miller stuff (laughs) on (laughs) on their page. Definitely not reading Bud Light stuff. Uh, uh, I'm not a Rolling Rock guy, and I'm not a what about PBR? What uh, many many moons ago? Yeah, none of that. Now that I'm a grown-up man and that I can just that
1: natty natty light. None of
0: Houston's that. No, no, I'm not in a situation in my life Bush? where I need, I'm gonna spend uh, thirty dollars on twenty on thirty dollars $30 on forty beers. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not really at that point right now. So we'll see what happens with the economy and everything like that and yeah I do have some I mean,
1: beer talk though
0: no bring it, in that's that's okay yeah, that's why we're here
1: so, so this week although I opened the Miller I am drinking a beer from Hofbra out of Hofbra Munchen it's, it's a, a German beer um and I I found so it's a 5.5 it's a dunkel, uh which I don't know what dunkel means but it's I guess it's darker Than a than a regular beer, you'd probably like this Doctor Blom. It's
0: a it's a double like the Dunkel, you know. Okay. Like 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 the Miller is the triple hops or whatever. So that's my understanding. I'm sorry everybody that I'm like I'm half assing my way through through the Dunkel because my Quebecan beer, Quebecan Quebec Quebecian beer that that was Dunkel. That's delicious, Uh, even though it's like eight percent. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead.
1: So, this one is brewed uh, specially according to the German purity law. Uh, and you might be asking, Sean Esquire, what is the German purity law? Well, let me tell you, Dr. Blum.
0: Primum Noctum? Uh, is this a Primum Noctum?
1: <laughs> Bavarian tradition, the archetype of the Munich beer. You can taste its history. This is Hofbrau Dunkel. Long before wheat beers and lagers wetted the throats of Germans, The bottom fermented dark beer was quenching the thirst of Munich residents. The first beer, which was served in the Braun Hofbrauhaus, still satisfies to this day with its roasted hoppy taste and its subtle malty finish. It has 23 IBUs, which is not insane British units. What is it, Dr. Blom?
0: International Bitter Units? Yes. Nailed it.
1: So the taste is a malt floral bouquet with notes of caramel, roasted malty, hoppy, with a subtle malty sweet finish. Its color is dark brown, and it pairs well with roast, smoked meat, and sausage dishes. So very Ooh. German.
0: Okay. Very German. Oh no. no, no, no! Like a good, like a good dark beer with a great, like German sausage sort of thing. That that is. Mm-hmm. Uh... Oh my god, that's amazing. Really 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 good.
1: You, you would love this. So then I got into what was this German Purity Law. So, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but the German word is "Rheinheitsgebot," Uh means purity order. It's the oldest regulation related to food and drink in the world, the most influential predecessor of the modern ryan heights g boat was a law first adopted in the duchy of munich in 1487 after bavaria was reunited uh, and on april 23rd 1516 duke william IV enacted the munich law adopted across the entirety of bavaria as germany unified and then bavaria pushed for adoption of this law on a national basis To achieve a consistent level of quality in beer brewing, the German beer purity law dictates that the ingredients for beer must be water, barley malt, and hops. The important role that yeast plays in the brewing process was only recognized in the 19th century.
0: Can I say I am a bit concerned and or like like an eyebrow, like at least one eyebrow when the Germans are like, Purity, whatever. I know it's about beer. I get that, <laughs> but there's when the Germans are like purity. I'm like, ah, all right, here, everybody, <laughs> let's, uh, you know, Second Amendment exists for they, a reason. Yeah. They had
1: a law for beer, but not for people.
0: So the the purity beer thing it goes back like hundreds of years, right? It's not like mm-hmm. from the 1930s. Thir- <laughs> from the 1930s, right?
1: No, this was this was like 500 years ago.
0: Okay, that's fine. Dunkel is the German word while we're doing German stuff means dark.
1: That's oh, it. there you go.
0: Dunkel beers typically range in color from amber to dark reddish brown. Both of those are delicious beers, amber beers. They are characterized by their smooth, malty flavor In informal terms, such as when ordering at a bar, dunkel is likely to mean whatever dark beer the bar has on tap. So, you know, when you go to okay. beer, you're like yeah, you go to bar, you like, hey, yeah, yeah I, want, I want a dark beer. Then, give me a dunkel. Give me give me a dunkel. Uh and then dunkels likely mean whatever dark beer uh bar has on tap or sells most of in much of the north and western Germany, especially Dusseldorf. And <laughs> uh this this may be an alt beater. Sorry, German people about uh butchering all the pronunciations and everything. In Bavaria, Dunkel, along with the Hellers, is a traditional style brewed in Munich. Munich has amazing beers. Uh, Bravo, Munich, for all your delicious beers. Popular throughout Bavaria with alcohol concentrations around 4.5 to 6% by volume. Uh, they're weaker than the double box. I don't know if you've ever had mm-hmm. double box before. Those are pretty intense. And uh, double box are very, very like. Traditional Bavarian uh, beers, Bav- like dark Bavarian beers. So, it's how good. is your yours is hoppy? Too hoppy? What do you think?
1: No, it's it's definitely more that malty, uh, sweeter, thicker beer. I don't think okay. it's like it's not super hoppy. It, it it's good.
0: Is it too yeasty? It's, like some of those some of those darker ones can be like a little heavy
1: it's not quite because i've had some of those like uh chocolate stouts um it's not quite that it's lighter than that so i feel like i could drink four of these and and not be railroaded like you would with that maritsu
0: oh yeah maritsu's a a heavy that is a that is a heavy task sorry what was the alcohol in yours five point
1: five. okay
0: that's fine. Yeah, two yeah. or three of those, drinking in the pool all day. It's, this is this is my day.
1: Yeah, I think the hardest part is you have to drink. Obviously, you're drinking it slower than a triple hops brewed Miller Light because it's darker and heavier. I thought you were going to spit all over your camera. And I then, oh my... <laughs> But so for I that love that. Reason, you. I love
0: when you compare a very uh, <laughs> excellent beer to your to your your dad. So, Fridge full of Miller's.
1: Yeah, so Miller, you could finish in like 15 minutes, right? Like this beer, it's gonna take you longer than 15 minutes. So I think if you're by the pool, at some point the beer is gonna get too warm, and you're gonna be like, "Uh, I can only drink half this beer because now I gotta chill the rest of it, or just throw it to the trash can." I I don't know. I don't, don't want to ever throw beer away though. So,
0: uh, I mean like a rolling rock um, <laughs> i would so, throw away um i guess you could have but,
1: those chilled glasses and just pour the other half in another
0: chilled glass just throw it into the uh the uh gazellias and then then just across uh, your fingers that it all works out like oh that's that's good for you oh look at my, <laughs> my
1: hydrangeas my crystal-
0: my my chrysanthemums they're really blown up now ever since i'm my, my rolling rock in there uh so one thing i wanted to say on our beer talk is that we have done it not exactly right and we're we're getting there because we don't always know the you know point a to point b whatever so from now on i think that we should mention the color there's a whole science right you're supposed to get into uh, i think that we often skip ahead We want to talk about the taste and we, and there's always the alcohol content. Now we know what IBU stands for. So we got, Mm -hmm. we got that going for us, uh, color, aroma, head, like how fizzy is it? The taste, is it bitter? Is it fruity? Is it sweet? Is it, uh, yeasty? uh some people get into the mouth feel i don't even like that phrase i don't think i'm just mm, like the you know, mouth feel you know how some people hate the word moist i think that i'm i'm one of those and then uh and then you have all of your objective data science nerds high five uh, alcohol content and everything like that the body of it is, like how heavy it is it
1: doesn't stay together well when you pour it on a table
0: and the finish aftertaste and then of course always food pairings you feel like your fancy schmancy beer is going to go well with uh, more of a a dinner thing than a dessert thing i feel like i'm not i don't have a sophisticated palate to say this beer is going to go well with these entrees i feel yeah, like I, I at this point well i need i need like broad, a... broad broad strokes like oh this is a dessert beer this is a this should... dinner beer
1: Probably pair well with like Arby's,
0: ever...
1: <laughs> like a good roast beef sandwich. Okay, yeah,
0: sure. On that's, that's that makes sense. With some. I'm doing uh, if if yeah if, it... <laughs> if anyone's curious, I'm doing my Abita uh, because I'm at home and it's Father's Day weekend and I am uh, I'm, I'm busy this week so yeah I've got my amber beer and. Delicious amber smells like uh, not not a crazy hoppy beer. It's not too fruity, which is great. It's not too bitter, right on the money, and it goes well with chili Food. cheese fries <laughs> and lobster flambé, probably.
1: Okay, that's a wide variety
0: sure <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a vast spectrum of food tastes
0: pumpkin pie and ahead <laughs> <laughs> of lettuce
1: okay yeah so pretty versatile overall
0: absolutely yeah it's ready it's ready on the on the go
1: are you uh Are you working tonight? Or are you cooking a Father's Day dinner to pair with your
0: beer? Ooh, uh, yeah. So uh, I actually I, I was treated to uh, getting into meal of the week. Uh, I got a shepherd's pie. Uh, okay. Yeah, from uh, homemade. From, my, from yeah, absolutely. From from my girlfriend for uh, for being for being a dad and everything. I got a shepherd's pie. Delicious, amazing. Oh, by the way, uh, lamb shepherd's pie probably Mm. better than all the other ones so it's got like potatoes and carrots and uh corn everything and uh it's that perfect amount there's this very very scientific like chewy crunchy uh i guess you could put some cholula in there spice it up a little bit i went with ground pepper yeah so there is this perfect science between chewy crunchy all of that and and uh that's amazing yes
1: i bet you i don't know so shepherd's pie is originally mm. a, a uk dish do you think they paired theirs with a nice cholula
0: <laughs> absolutely i don't i don't think that the uh our friends over the pond there had a lot of uh, uh spicy peppers and they were growing potatoes and it's well that's cold. what they went out
1: to they went out the rest of the world the spice trade
0: right is that what it was the spice trade was specifically like we're looking for habaneros and jalapenos and ghost peppers
1: if they were what, they failed miserably at incorporating I, it
0: i feel like when i hear about the spice trade that it was just this very uh oh we have spices for uh food and then we're gonna make some spices for the house because you know no one had deodorant back then and everybody's oh, like an incense. Yeah, yeah. Everybody smelled horrible, so they just had like spices for the house, and they had just spices for
1: rubbed coriander seeds on themselves.
0: Even when Jesus was born, they had a uh, they had some sp- they had a frankincense, spice guy, right? He like showed up frankincense and myrrh. Spice rack, yeah, myrrh. How many yeah. times, you know, when you are at the store and you are like, "Ah, oh, we need more myrrh." <laughs> <laughs> is it... Do you... is myrrh like uh, you rub it on your face or? it it was like uh potpourri back then was myrrh right i sure sounds good it was so good that it it survived the test of time that to this day people are like oh pick up some myrrh when you go to the store
1: i don't see like i remember growing up my mom would have like potpourri but i can't tell you the last time i've seen like potpourri at a store Maybe because I'm not looking for it.
0: I think they got beat out by the Glade plug-in people. And oh, uh, I don't know that.
1: it's that.
0: I will say, as a guy that often works away from home and that the hotel industry people have really, really, really like phoning it in since COVID. Like COVID happened and they and they said, oh, oh hey. hey. Please stay at our hotel, or we're going bankrupt. And then now that the uh, the decimation of COVID has lifted its callous hand, and it's like, oh, uh, you know what? You have to pay if you want more than one pillow. <laughs> hmm. So sometimes you go to these hotel rooms, <laughs> and uh, they're horrible. They smell horrible. So you run to the local grocery store, or whatever you get a uh, you get some candles.
1: So you think the big Glade people took over the big Potpourri? I
0: think the the Glade people they were they were like the uh, the yakuza mafia, you know, and they just went around and they took out the the myrrh and the frankincense, and they're just like, oh, this is our territory, you know, how they do. And oh like yeah, the, the uh the the marijuana gangs and the Scarface gangs and the the cocaine—they're like, oh, this is our uh, this is. This is the myrrh. This is the myrrh part of town, and you go up there and you're like, "Oh, it smells very nice." I'm like, "Well, you know, it's it's not sandalwood, <laughs> so...
1: <laughs> eucalyptus oil." <laughs>
0: uh, I'm sorry, uh, myrrh and frankincense. I, I bet you guys.
1: We didn't mean to offend the myrrh and frankincense industry people. Well, we don't want... <sighs> you don't want them coming after you. Yeah. Oh
0: well. How many times have you just been like, I, I really, I need my, my room to smell less like mango and uh, more like myrrh. Uh, and right. So, anyway, right, with that, we're going to take a break. And uh, my heartfelt apologies to myrrh breakfast people. When we come back, we are doing, what do you got, Sean? Sean this,
1: this week in history.
0: Oh, we are doing some history stuff. We got some exciting history stuff. Okay, everyone. Big time. So, uh, quick break. Everyone, grab your beers, and we will be right back. Happy Father's Day, everyone! Happy to be back. Great break there, and really fast. I messed up uh, that uh, on a follow-up thing that I had referenced last episode about the uh, space station that was crashing into the uh, into the ocean. Back in the day, that was the Mir space station as a Russian space station. And it went into, uh, off the East coast of New Zealand. That was March 23, 2001 as about 15 years in orbit. And, uh, what, what's going on? What? It's history. It's history time. Oh my God. Yes, it is history time. I'm ready to, oh, wait, sorry. we're still still going that's all right history time and okay, trumpet man you, yeah. <laughs> holy mackerel uh if that is our official history uh thing uh, number one bravo sean esquire it's so great to do that and maybe we don't need the uh 30 minute eddie van halen <laughs> guitar solo of the <laughs> intro trumpet intros But I think that you know, I think it's got legs. I think when people hear that, it's gonna be, they go, "Oh yeah, history time. That's good." Mm. Also, you should absolutely cut me off every time that I'm excited about science stuff, or just uh, if I'm talking too much about Russian space stations crashing into the ocean. It is history time. Please don't play the thirty minute. Yes, this week in history, Shanna Esquire has brought us the uh, sound effects, and um, oh my god, I'm I'm even that much more excited than I already was. Sean case. you're big I think you're you, case you're kicking it off this week with some. I
1: am. There's a little little well-known case, June thirteenth, nineteen sixty-six, Miranda v. Arizona, and I'm going to preface this first. I'm going to tell the whole story, but. I oftentimes get a lot of clients that are like, oh, the officer didn't read me my Miranda rights. That's not a get out of jail free card. Miranda is simply the case law that says an officer has to notify you of your Miranda warnings. So your right to remain silent. So you can't be questioned without being warned that anything you say can and will be used against you in court. And two, that you have the right to have an attorney present with you during questioning. And if you can't afford one, one will be appointed for you. So a but lot that, of times that attorney are like,
0: that attorney is not gonna be like rock star attorney. No, I mean they never know. they never say that.
1: <laughs> it's just an attorney. It so it could be, you know, okay. Some guy that just graduated. It'll be
0: AI AI chatbot attorney in about a week, right. I think.
1: So people are like, oh, I didn't get my Miranda warnings, and I have to tell them, well, unless you're under custodial interrogation, so they're questioning you about a crime, they don't have to read you your Miranda warnings. So if you get stopped for like a a DWI, they can do some investigative questions like where you coming from, where you going, have you had anything to drink, when did you eat last, and then they go through their field sobriety test. But once they actually arrest you and put cuffs on you, at that point, any questions related to that arrest are inadmissible unless they give you your warnings and you wave them and say, okay, I'm going to talk to you.
0: So that's kind it's of not, my it's not just for felonies. My, I, it's I, everything. I assume that like Miranda was like for a real deal, like a murder or like a real deal robbery it's or something like that.
1: Any, anything and everything. So if you are in custody, and the police are going to question you in regards to a crime, no matter what crime, you have to be given your Miranda warnings or anything you say can be excluded. So you file a separate motion to suppress those statements because you weren't given your warnings.
0: If you go to the drunk tank for a weekend, is that a a Miranda thing?
1: If they're going to question you about that crime that they arrested you for.
0: Oh, so so if if they're just arresting you... Get no questions. No, no questions, no Miranda. Just here's the cuffs, here's the cell. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No Miranda.
1: Yeah. They're like, this guy's just drunk off his ass, falling all over. We're gonna arrest him for PI. They don't have to question you.
0: The purpose so. of the Miranda is to protect you from incriminating yourself. Correct. Is the purpose of Miranda to protect you from anything else?
1: No. Uh, I mean, right to counsel. It's it's a 5th Amendment, 6th Amendment protection. But ultimately, it deals with custodial interrogation questions.
0: But we didn't have it until the 70s, 80s. Uh, 1966.
1: We had the 5th Amendment and the 6th Amendment. But prior to this case, this is really where it came up. So I'll give you some backstory on this. Ernesto Arturo Miranda was arrested in 1963. So this was three years before based on circumstantial evidence that he'd committed a kidnapping and a rape Um, so an 18 year old phoenix woman told the police she'd been abducted driven to the desert and raped detectives questioning her story gave her a polygraph test results were inconclusive however uh, there was a license plate number uh, of a car i guess that she remembered that resembled that of her attackers which is how they ended up getting in contact with Ernesto Miranda. He had a prior record for, it says on here, peeping Tom. I don't know what his full criminal history was. Although the victim did not identify Miranda in a lineup, he was brought into police custody and interrogated. Um, officers left the interrogation interrogation session with a confession that Miranda later recanted because he was unaware he didn't have to say anything at all. So when he was brought to the police station in Phoenix for questioning, uh, they told Miranda that he'd been identified by the victim. They interrogated him for two hours without giving him his constitutional rights or telling him about it. He could not afford an attorney. He ended up confessing to the crime. He was convicted, sentenced to prison, uh, and the sentencing was between 20 and 30 years. The U.S. Supreme Court ended up ultimately hearing the case, and it centered around two parts of the Constitution. The first being the Fifth Amendment that says people cannot be forced to be a witness against themselves. Uh, And second, the Sixth Amendment gives everyone the right to counsel uh, or assistance by counsel when they're accused of a crime. So when you talk about the Fifth Amendment, it says, you know, you you can't be a witness against yourself, meaning you can't self- incriminate and say something without being cautioned by the police that says hey if you say something and we haven't told you your 5th amendment right we can use that against you that's basically what miranda overdid yeah uh, but
0: the but the 5th amendment is like congressmen that are like you know the taking in <laughs> bribes and so the 5th amendment is not just i mean you say i, I
1: plead the 5th means right, i'm not plead, saying a word
0: you plead the 5th but i plead the 5th is in this day and age, it's sort of synonymous with uh, like, corporate malfeasance. And I plead the fifth yeah. is not a kid getting busted with a dime bag or something like that. You should right? plead
1: the fifth and the fourth and the first and possibly the eighth. That's another good one. Um, so guess whose court this was? Chief Justice Earl Warren. Oh my God. Of the Warren guy. Commission.
0: He pops up on our on our on our pod all the time.
1: Yeah. Uh so the court was actually split on this decision, but it came out a five-four decision. To enforce the Constitution, Warren wrote police must warn criminal suspects about the right to stay silent and the right to have a lawyer's help before any interrogations begin. If police fail to give that warning, any confession they obtain from the suspect can then be challenged at trial or on appeal, and the confession can be tossed out if the violation of rights by the police is a serious one. As a result of this ruling, the court threw out the confession of Miranda ordered a new trial, although despite he won that, the Supreme Court hearing when he was retried for the crime, he was again convicted, sentenced to 20 to 30 years, uh, remained in Arizona prison until 1972 when he was paroled. And once he was paroled, he got into a a bar dispute and was ultimately killed, uh, was stabbed to death. Uh, The police never caught the person who stabbed him, but they did question the guy that gave the knife to the murder suspect. And he invoked his Miranda warnings and said he didn't want to talk. And Miranda was actually found holding multiple Miranda warning cards on his body.
0: That is crazy pants. Yeah. I mean, there's so many crazy pants situations in that entire story from start to finish that the constitution is not new. That law enforcement is not new. Felonies Mm -hmm. are not new. And that it took that long before. And and also the Supreme court, uh, uh, like many things that we talk about, there's so many Supreme Court things we talk about legislating from the bench that mm-hmm. are uh, like down to one or two justices, one or two yeah. Supreme Court justices. And then once once they lock it in, a Supreme Court thing is so insane, which is why I don't like people legislating from the bench. Supposed it's to be. Locked in, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, regardless of how you feel about Roe versus Wade. Or regardless how you feel about abortion, Roe versus Wade was decades ago, and they made their decision, and that was it, and that's how it how it's been until now. So a lot of things are like that.
1: Yeah. So the principle that you're talking about is called stare decisis. That's the principle that Supreme Court rulings and opinions will essentially stay law, and that a future Supreme Court is not going to undo what that court has done. I think that was, you know, getting off topic a little bit. I think that was one of the biggest complaints that you saw with the recent abortion ruling was you had something that was set in stone for decades and decades and decades and protected a right. And then you undo it. And now the co- the concern is, well, what else could we undo? That is that fancy,
0: been... fancy lawyer, uh, Latin Latinese lawyer, lawyer.
1: Lawyer-y? Yes. Lawyer yeah. That that's it.
0: Um, what is what is the Latin? You know, on, on the on the breakdown of that. I I, mean, I, t- I took Latin very long, many 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 moons ago. I don't remember that one. And you know, we have we have Latin in in medicine, uh, but I don't know starry ease. And oh, sorry. Like what
1: does it What does it actually mean? Yeah, ish. It, it it's just uh, so the principal determining points in litigation that, according to precedent. So basically, you're going to make future decisions based on the precedent of a prior ruling. Um, And they try not to undo those things because, like most things, especially law, you kind of want like foundation principles. And if we have to revamp, edit, amend, we don't typically undo everything that had been in place.
0: I just meant like the, the basic Latin, like habeas corpus, things like that.
1: Habeas corpus means, what, bring the body? Yeah, procure the body or something like that.
0: Exactly. But I,
1: I don't know with the actual translation of stare decisis, but yes. Well, uh, like,
0: like in medicine, we say stat, right? It's like statum, which is... Uh, uh, like right now? Immediate, immediately. And again, I'm very rusty on my Latin between the nominative and the genitive and the... Uh, and the rest of the like conjugating verbs, but anyway, so yeah, I didn't know if there was a there was a direct on that. and again, regardless of Latin or whatever, I'm not a huge fan of uh, of Latin. well of course, yeah, you know it had its time <laughs> once upon a time. Uh, just Supreme Court making these kind of uh, New laws legislating from the bench. Not a fan mm. of legislating for the bitch. But that being said, uh, the uh Miranda, Miranda thing, I think that's good. It's a good decision. Right? Yeah. Right? It's a good decision. Yeah. I'm just I'm just curious why why it had to come to that and uh and everything that was involved in order to enforce it. And there's a lot of things that happen in law that I feel are common sense. And it takes like five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty years mm-hmm. they're, they're, where they're like, hey everybody uh, women should vote. I don't know if we, should. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've things... been
1: holding off a little long on this one. I I think we're gonna go ahead and allow it.
0: They say you know they say that uh justice is blind, okay, and that's dumb. And they and they say the uh, wheels of justice don't turn quickly, and all of that. I'm just like mm-hmm. th- those are that's all dumb true. laws, right? So um, by and large, Miranda is. It's a good thing it's it's good yeah. for civil rights and due process and everything else
1: yeah that way you can't just be beat into confessing something
0: now i will be devil's advocate here and i will say when the cops get whatever suspect behind closed doors they are allowed to lie to the person yes. and this has bitten law enforcement in the ass many 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 times and say hey we know we know you murdered." That guy, or whatever, and then sometimes it's a um, like a mentally challenged person, like a mentally retarded person, or even borderline mentally or autistic, whatever. Uh, they'll get him in the room, you know, four, five, mm-hmm. six, eight, nine hours, and they'll just hammer this guy. They're you know, like, and eventually the guy's like, "I, I did it. I murdered my family." Um, yeah. And so the the law allows uh, detectives and everyone to to lie to people. So. Yeah, there's a lot of things that, that that I don't agree with that I feel are common sense that I feel like just go on all the time. And so, yay, they, they got a handle on Miranda. But uh, I don't know if I agree with the whole concept of, that cops are allowed to lie to people and say like, hey, we got you on film, killing your family. And then a uh, mentally challenged person will be like, okay, I mean, I'll, I'll sign the confession. And then once they sign the confession, that's it. And they go away forever.
1: Right. Yeah, that happens.
0: Yeah, so then I—I I mean, you don't think there's Supreme Court is going to be like, "Hey, cops, you're not allowed to lie to people when you get them," you know, in the interrogation room.
1: I don't know because I think that boils down to maybe what evidence they have, what statements from other people, like, and sometimes you get to the point of, well, without this person's confession to it. We don't think there's enough here to charge them. But then it gets into a slippery slope of, well, how far can you go to get a confession? Uh, you can't force it out of them. And if they don't want to talk to you, you can't do that under Miranda. So what other options do you have? You know, do you, do you lie to them about specific things of the case? Do you do you say like oh look we we know like you were there she's there she, you know they passed away that, you know was this just a big accident like can you say that and and get them to confess to yeah it was accidental and now you get them confessing to actually killing someone but uh, i don't i don't know
0: i feel that the science and the forensics and all that has gone so beyond anything that anyone could imagine 30 40 50 years I mean you know, obviously you know, no one thought about DNA or anything like that so those quote them the whole uh, you know we're gonna lie to this guy and everything like that that it may have I say worked 100 years ago there's no reason to do it now so I don't think that there should be I don't think it should be legal for cops or detectives or anyone to pull people into rooms and to lie to them and say, well, we've got footage of you doing this or, or, and I definitely don't think it's okay for them to, uh, to do interrogations, six, seven, eight hours. And sometimes right. these, these people, they don't know any better. They just say the cops just keep questioning them and questioning them. Or maybe they just and they just,
1: them. they just want to be done. You know, they, like, I'll say whatever they, that, you want.
0: That, that has happened. That has happened so many times where they get, you know, people that are, uh, they're mentally delayed and you don't have mm-hmm. to be full on, you know, mentally retarded. Uh, there's some people that are just have a cognitive delay for multiple, multiple reasons, organic, biological reasons, uh, way beyond their fault. And so, yeah, there's, that happens, and so especially
1: if you've had like six Maritsus.
0: yeah, you're seven, not gonna be
1: fully there. You're,
0: yeah, if you grew up, if you grew up in the town of Maritsu and there's just you know, there's just like, hey, here you if, go.
1: If you're in Belgium and you've been drinking like a Belgian, you're yeah, not gonna have full use of your mental faculties. I bet.
0: Yeah, I completely understand and appreciate the concept that there's a giant, giant gray area there, and there's a line that needs to be drawn regarding how much can the cops lie about, Hey man, we got you on film murdering your family and they didn't do it. And so, you know, these extreme examples, um, I don't think when, when, when I consider the rubber meets the road, I don't know where that line needs to be exactly. But that being said, I don't really think it's where it it needs to be right now. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I'll move on to our next segment. Uh, in history, June seventeenth, nineteen ninety four. This is recent for you know our historical purposes. Um,
0: Before my time,
1: OJ Simpson. He ran from the police. Um,
0: okay. <laughs> somebody, somebody read that guy Miranda for sure. Well, let
1: me let me give you some backstory here. So the bodies of uh, Nicole Brown Simpson. Goldman's were found outside her home in the exclusive LA neighborhood of Brentwood shortly after midnight on June the 13th, 1994. Bloodstains matching Simpson's blood type were found at the crime scene. Um, The football star had become the focus of the LAPD's investigation by the morning of June 17th, when police arrived to arrest OJ Simpson at the home of his friend and lawyer, Robert Kardashian. They found that Simpson had slipped out the back door with his former college and Buffalo Bills teammate, Al Collings. The two men had then driven off in Collings' White Ford Bronco. Uh, so on that same day, June 17, 1994, Simpson became a fugitive from justice. He was in, ended up charged with the double murder of his ex wife, Nicole Brown, and her friend, Ron Goldman. Uh, he was supposed to have turned himself in, so he took off. That chase was one of the most watched events in TV history. Uh, so at the time, for people who don't know, O.J. Simpson was a superstar running back for the Buffalo Bills, won the Heisman Trophy at Southern Cal.
0: Naked Gun. Late, naked, naked Gun later, Yep,
1: Later was an actor. Uh, so he, he flees in the, in the Bronco with his friends. It was a low-speed chase, only lasted about 45 minutes. Uh, saw the Bronco followed by a phalanx of police cars over California highways near LA. It ended at Simpson's Mansion, where he ended up surrendering to the police. It's estimated that 95 million people watched the chase live on TV. Oh my which, God. Which occurred during the Rockets Finals 1994 game. <laughs> versus the knicks so the uh i guess Esquire, it's the new york rockets the- doing <laughs> kicks and i would watch were- that
0: 195 million people would watch that.
1: <laughs> no the houston rockets nba finals and apparently he just wanted to drive around and and hear the end of the game
0: game five i think 90 it 94. was game
1: five game five okay
0: yeah and rockets lost
1: Nick's one. That's correct.
0: Uh that was the Elajuan days. Uh, I don't know if Charles Barkley was there. Uh, I think Clyde the Glide Drexler. Mm. Was there. Oh, you know the the Rockets ninety four ninety five team. That was that was oof, just a. I was I was amazing. too young to remember this whole. Oh, okay, uh, there. Chase. All right, there. Yeah, all right. Uh, yes. So. I think, so the 17th was the actual murder.
1: No, the 13th was the murder. Then he became the, the suspect. 17th, he was supposed to turn himself in at his at Robert Kardashian's house. And that's when he goes out the back door and they get in the Bronco. And like, no, oh, really? we're going to hear the end of the basketball yeah. game.
0: Is that how it happens when uh, when you murder two people that you just book an appointment with the police to show up?
1: well you book it at your law your lawyer's house i guess
0: right so he murdered two people on the 13th and then the cops were well befuddled. he was accused accused okay. of murder someone murdered two people yes. on the 13th and then uh and then a day or so went by and then the cops said well it's probably not the ex-husband it's never <laughs> never it's never <laughs> the him. glove's
1: not the right size
0: and I mean, you know, everybody call in and be mad or whatever that he stabbed both of them to death. He allegedly. Just you know, Oh yeah. So allegedly just, uh, just, uh, stabbed his ex-wife and, and, uh, and, and the story was, was that it was, uh, her boyfriend, you know, or mm-hmm. that she was, he was a waiter, uh, and then, uh, she was hooking up with the waiter or whatever. And then OJ just pops out of the bushes, stabs both of them, and then so that's the thirteenth. And then the, the cops are uh, they come, they're at a loss. Who? They on someone to him. Who? Who could, who could have done this? And it takes until the sixteenth, seventeenth, until OJ jumps in the car, and uh, his friend is driving. He's pointing the gun at himself. He's like, "I'm I'm gonna do it. I'll shoot myself because I'm innocent." Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that whole story just uh, very nauseating. You
1: you know, I watched. um, They did that like FX show Mm. of the the trial of OJ.
0: I mean, there was a few Um, of them. They had they had the one with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. who played OJ. There was that one. Was that
1: was that the one I was thinking of? Uh, It's got the who's the the guy that does American Horror Story, all those shows. I forget his name. Uh, He did... I'm going to have to look this up. But the guy that does American Horror Story does these American, like, history... He did one that I think did Waco. He did one on OJ. Um, Really good series. I highly recommend it. But the wife and I watched it. And, of course, we get done with the whole thing. OJ's... And we'll cover the trial stuff later on in history. Uh, But the wife was like he's guilty and i'm like but he wasn't found guilty and i think and i tried to tell i said this is the hard part when you get into trial and for criminal trials you, know, you have to have a unanimous verdict of guilty to convict someone and when you're talking about sending someone to prison for maybe the rest of their life or death penalty i, I don't think they had the death penalty in california at the time but that's a big, that's a big ask, right? Like you want to be 110% sure we've got the right person. And that's where it really comes down to like a good defense attorney on that end uh, to put some type of doubt in some jurors mind that says, I'm just not sure. Like, can I really put this on my conscience that I'm going to send someone away to prison forever when I've got circumstantial evidence, but I really have no confession nothing that there was another witness there nothing on video like and i said i think that's why he ended up being found not guilty was because you had, You
0: think it was the lawyer dream team that got him oh get i do away with with killing two people to, yeah he, he got well, away with two murders because he of, because didn't of, murder them because of the card because of the kardashian's dad and uh cochran there's more uh, johnny
1: and, cochran i think than anything
0: uh, Dershowitz, right? Ders- part- Dershowitz, yeah. Yeah, those guys, and then they presented what exactly that that famous dumb, dumb, if dumb. If the glove don't uh, fit, he, he he tries to put the glove on. He's like, oh, oh, look at it! I can't get, I can't get that on. He was like, he was doing the
1: Vulcan thing, trying to put the glove over
0: so right. it wouldn't fit. So. That if Vulcan? that case if that case had been tried today I think who uh, Jay Simpson would be getting the needle even I I mean I know it's California or whatever but he would he, would he would be, he would be he would be locked away forever I have to wonder about and and again I I know it's mostly about the murder itself uh without getting too involved into the actual case Well, you have to worry about what did the the prosecution lay down? What did the what did the dream team actually do? And I remember this, is one of the jurors when they were walking out, they gave him the uh, the the fist. They gave him one of the jurors gave him the the uh, a black dude gave him a fist, like in the like raised the fist to OJ on his way out. That it had become such a thing about the racist cop and this and Mm -hmm. this and this. And I'm like, you don't win anything when a guy gets away with murder, regardless of whether it's a white dude, red dude, black dude, whatever, regardless of whether he kills a white lady, black lady, whoever that no one wins anything that OJ got got away. Number one and number two. Okay. So, uh, OJ didn't do it. Where's the murderer? Because usually, if someone murders someone uh, there was a random murderer in California right and he and he killed two people, they go and kill other people, so I don't care what the lawyers say or the judges say or <laughs> one of those o j killed two people, he got away with murder, absolutely race played a part in it uh but actually, you know, I think that that's very, very. Superficial, I know they they had racist cops that they exposed, and that's great. They should do that, but also uh Chris Rock had made the joke that if o j Simpson wasn't a bazillionaire, he would be buried under the under the courthouse. so it's not about like so many things in this world and so many things in the u s It's not about white and it's not about black. it is about green. This guy had piles of money. He got his dream team. They rolled in there and they did their uh, glove don't quit. Don't uh, glove don't fit must have quit and that stupid thing where he's like, there's no way my hand can get inside of this glove. And uh, <laughs> and, and and that was it. And then there was riots and then uh man, you know, at the for Nicole Brown and the uh, and the Goldman family, that's who really just they they were robbed of justice. So yeah, I don't care what people say. OJ killed two people. He got away with it. And yes, there are racist cops in LA back then, and there are racist cops now. And by the way, also, uh, racism is not always uh, coming white. There's uh, oh, a the Memphis deal. Yeah, there uh, there are uh, plenty of people that don't like other people because of the color of their skin. It's not always a uh, white versus black thing. That's horrible that people think that, and they push that agenda. So, uh, yeah, I don't care. Uh, Yeah, OJ killed two people. He got away with murder. And the prosecution team, I don't know. I don't know what they could have done better. Um you you feel like it was so politically charged, there was no way that they were ever going to get a conviction?
1: No. I think I think even the defense was probably a little bit shocked. Because um, it's... I mean... It, uh, I always say this. I don't like seeing people convicted on circumstantial evidence, right? But sometimes that's all you have. You know, you've got a murder weapon, you've got some blood the house, the relationship of the parties, but you're missing that one thing, an admission of it, another witness, a video, something to actually tie that person to being there at that time when it happened. And that's where your doubt comes in. What about,
0: what about motive and opportunity and, you know, all those things that, and, and, and who murders the ex-wife? 99% of the time, 95% of the time, who, who murders the ex-wife?
1: I know know. the ex-husband it's, but again, if you're on a jury and you're going to send someone to prison for the rest of their life, if you've got some doubt, that's what's going to hold you, uh, kind of, you know, holds the feet to the fire, so to speak.
0: So we can get into he lied about his shoes and he lied about all the other things and where he was, uh, you know, next time. But uh, again, I am not an expert on every single detail in the OJ case. That, no, yeah, right? Uh, I don't know if if anyone is, but uh, yeah, yeah. I. But you can act like it because today is your day. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm a and and. Uh, he's a dad i don't know if his kids are very excited about hanging out with him so oj o. O. simpson oj simpson you'll never get any love from me you're a scumbag and you murdered those people you did that's it all right moving yeah moving on yeah. moving on yeah. to... you got a big one here we do have a big one here and... That I know
1: nothing about, so ask me zero questions. Oh,
0: my God. I'm very, very excited about that. But you sent get me big
1: hours answer. of audio.
0: I like two or three. I, I love the fact that I send you, you know, like a 20-minute video. You're like, ah, I can't do it. I'm uh, I'm eating a meatball sandwich right now. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we're going to do, everyone. we We are going to get into June 17, 1972. I'm going to give everyone a chance to look it up. Uh, I'm going to do a quick break, come back, and then we'll get into that. And so get get ready. Strap in, everyone. Welcome back to a doctor and a lawyer walk into a podcast. And I am very excited to talk to you about this next part of our week in history. That, oh, God damn it. Sean Esquire. <laughs> but I have to do it every time. Okay, all right. Okay, so, still going.
3: <laughs>
0: that's good. That's great. I think that's going to be our new. The show is going to be 3 hours long because of that stupid <laughs> thing. Shane Esquire, June 17, and our fantastic listeners, June 17, 1972. What does it mean to you if I say scandal gate? What if I say real estate gate? What if I say Dr. Pepper gate? What if I say gate, gate, Trump you're gate?
1: Re- you're referring to a organized criminal activity to do something. It's a Clinton huge, gate. it's a huge, uh, huge scandal thing of, to scandal. Scandal of Gates versus Gates, Gates.
0: The, the gate, gate. You know, Bill gate, the Gates, the gate
1: the gate people really did this to themselves
0: water gates and and by the way uh as we get into this i just want to say i want everyone to stop it with the with the uh real estate gate and the economy gate and uh, it's been done it Guys it started but I, this it was it's been since 1972 let's let's move on with the gates and a
1: gate is a terrible thing to hold back water fyi
0: also, a gate is not a good way to walk in a straight line if you if you're doing mm. that. Please go to emergency room because you're probably having a stroke and or you have multiple sclerosis or you're possibly drunk or you know this, you know, you need you need a regular gate. Water june 17, nineteen seventy-two. We're starting off with Richard Nixon, tricky dick. Dick? He was a vice president of which president, Sean Esquire? I'm going to be grilling you on this because I the, told you to do he was some vice reading president and you didn't do any reading. The vice president of the United week, States. And you didn't have a busy week. And I had a crazy Gerald busy Ford. week and I did a lot of stuff. And you still didn't do the reading and you didn't watch the videos I sent you. So, yeah. Oh, Nixon was the vice president of Gerald Ford. Exactly. You nailed it. No, Boom. <laughs> Nixon was vice president of Dwight Eisenhower. <laughs> Nixon was vice president of Teddy Roosevelt. So uh, VP of Dwight from 53 to 61. And then uh, he got his political ass kicked by a great American named uh, John, John F. Kennedy. JFK. And so then nixon was president from 69 to 74 republican republican president coming out of uh coming out of california let's talk about the good things that nixon did before we uh you know glasses glasses half full come right (laughs) what did he do with vietnam he got he took care of vietnam
1: he took care of it he fixed it he shut
0: it (laughs) he shut it down Uh, Nixon did a handful of things. Uh, so he he did a nuclear détente, detente, I think. That's how called. you cook pasta. Yeah, probably. When
1: when it's cooked to per, like, al dente.
0: So he did a, a détente with uh, with Soviet Russia, uh, Soviet Soviet Union Russia, that's probably what they were called back then. Soviet Union everyone, sorry about that. And and also China. He created uh, something called, well, I say he created, he allowed the EPA. Have you heard of EPA? EPA? Have you heard EPA? of EPA? The
1: Environmental Protection Agency.
0: Oh, that's what they do. Yeah. Also, he was involved in a little something. So He, he wasn't president for two terms, by the way. This is all the course of uh, about five years. Because have of the Watergate. Of, have you ever heard of a, a little something called the Apollo moon landings? Space nerds it dads space nerd dads everyone is that when it's my day it's
1: my day went up there and they went around the moon
0: exactly and they uh, slingshot
1: to come back
0: they had to get there so they could kill uh megatron who was on the other side of the moon and so uh yeah those eh, I, i i don't know if i would say nixon peaked with all that he probably peaked with all that so he did, he had all that stuff. Second term, this is something I didn't know. Sean Esquire, how many states did Nixon, who is universally hated, he's doing his second term, he's trying to get reelected. How many states did he win for a second term? Like trying to, hey, I'm, I'm going to be president again. I'm a scumbag.
1: He probably won
0: 16. 16. 49 states. 60% of the vote. For a second Wait a minute. Term, right
1: oh oh 49 of the 50 states
0: yeah well
1: what yeah. was his what was his uh, electoral college number that's a crap ton
0: for I, I don't know you know what man i told you what we we're going to talk about this week you can look up some stuff <laughs> also it doesn't have to be me doing all the leg work on the on the exact numbers and everything like that 49 i got that one i got that one 60 so he hated hippies I don't know if you know mm, about that one. You, you, that's you, yeah,
1: sounds about right.
0: There was a there was one point where he got he walked out of the White House at like four thirty in the morning, and he was going to go talk to the hippies. Uh-huh. I guess I don't know if they're like coming up or coming down back then. You know, it's four thirty. Ah, uh, you're a hippie. You're like uh you're waking up. Or anyway, so the uh, back then they didn't have cell phones, and Secret Service was like, "Oh, we got to go take care of him." He hated the hippies. He had kind of promised he's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring down this Vietnam War thing, and then he didn't really deliver on that. And then he really he really got into uh oh, I'm tired of uh, all of the conspiracies. He just got he got very paranoid and just became a horrible monster of a person. So the Watergate story really starts. Well, I say starts, he Accumulated this cadre of near wells one of which whenever we talk about history, we always have at least one rabbit hole. And this particular rabbit hole, I am going to uh I'm I'm gonna call it on the Watergate rabbit hole G Gordon Liddy. Not not Libby Liddy. Do you know anything about G Gordon Liddy? <laughs> this guy is so great. G Lid. No. no.
1: No, nothing about G. Jizzle Lizzle, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: He's a real, he's a real scumbag. So, what happened was Nixon got crazy paranoid, and he decided to, you know, take down his enemies. He got tired of people talking, talking trash about him, and and all of these things. And so, one of the people was this guy named Ellsberg, Dan Daniel Ellsberg. Daniel Ellsberg is famous for the Pentagon Papers, Shen Esquire, Please tell me, you know what the Pentagon Papers are about.
1: That's the papers from the Pentagon.
0: Exactly. So we are both fans of war. I mean, I say war, uh, history of warfare and Vietnam War. So the Pentagon Papers had revealed that the U.S. had been involved with Vietnam for decades. So the U.S. had been lying and lying and lying. And so uh, Nixon, in his uh, executive hubris, had decided oh, we gotta take uh, take care, take care of this uh, Ellsberg guy. That's my my best Nixon <laughs> impersonation. So Nick, Nixon conjures up a G. Gordon Liddy. So do you want to hear background on Liddy now? Because you know when we did when we did the D Day, I talked about FDR's um, uh, no Teddy Roosevelt Junior. And so this one is not too dissimilar from that. Sean Esquire, can I dive in? G, Gordon, Liddy? Yeah, Before, i yeah. good no, either way. Yeah. So one thing is with Watergate, like Watergate, Watergate, there's five dudes that, that break into Watergate. And uh, these guys, they're called the plumbers. I, I, you know, actually also... There's a show on HBO right now. Uh, I think it's called The Plumbers. I'm definitely watching it after reading all of this stuff. Why were they called The Plumbers?
1: Um, they took care of the pipes.
0: They took care of the leaks. Right. Squire. which was come leak, from the pipes. And it's, you're reaching there. Yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, Nixon was like, oh, we got all these leaks coming from the FBI and all this stuff. It's going to the press and... It's making you know Nixon look like a like a monster. Like I'm killing all these people in Southeast Asia. It's <laughs> what you, that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs>
1: they're they're reporting the truth.
0: Oh, uh, horrible! Yeah. Also, this story is amazing because it involves the government lying to millions of people. It involves the government spying on innocent people. The gov- like the government, executive government, presidential level, which obviously hasn't happened since then. And no. There's, no, there's no one pushing the uh, military-industrial complex. So this is why Shana Esquire and I are very happy to talk about history because a lot of this shit is still going on right now. It's like we mm-hmm. talked about on the previous episode about the Tulsa massacre and how the press had lied and, and made uh, just gas-lighted, gas-lit, gas-lit all these things. Uh, so uh, you know, you look, you learn your history, or you're you're doomed to uh. uh
1: Although, like, then you you, know, you learn it just, and you still repeat it.
0: Yeah, just you know, uh, stones in the glass house with the uh, fat lady singing. So, so G Gordon old. Liddy, yeah, he was former FBI guy, lawyer. Oh, shut oh, up, lawyer.
1: yeah, oh, oh.
0: oh Sean Esquire, the story of uh, Watergate. It involves a cadre of ne'er-do-well, of, lawyer, uh, of lawyers. So strap in there, my friend. All of our lawyer listeners, uh, yes. G. Gordon Liddy, former FBI guy and lawyer and former ex-Army guy. At 29, he was the youngest FBI Bureau supervisor. He was at FBI headquarters in D.C. He was on the personal staff of J. Edgar Hoover, who... Ooh. Yeah, FBI is named after him. Cross cross dressing, J Edgar Hoover, so he could stay uh, undercover. That's probably what it was. He was an FBI from 1957 to 1962, and the FBI described him as reckless. And supposedly he left. They described J Edgar
1: Hoover as reckless.
0: He G Gordon Liddy. Oh, okay. Probably, yeah. So he left, quote unquote, under uh, under pressure, right? Not a, uh, not the, uh, not the, queen. Queen, not the Queen song, yeah, Queen. Uh, it's a Queen.
1: Uh, it's yeah. Queen yeah. and someone else, right? David Bowie, maybe.
0: David Bowie, not Vanilla <laughs> Ice. No. So he was he was so reckless in the FBI. He actually got arrested for a Kansas City quote uh, black bag. Op, back back in the day, and then also he got in deep shit because he did a background check on his future wife, and uh, he like, you know, did he use the, did he use the FBI? You know, who knows? They didn't have internet back then. Okay, Shadow Squire, G. Gordon Liddy, George Gordon Liddy, special kind of scumbag. Uh, So every time you say uh, his
1: name, I get confused with John Lovitz. uh, maybe because of the initials.
0: Don't worry, there's there's weird names in the story. So FBI-wise, uh, he was uh, left under pressure, supposedly, because he had some... Th- that story in Kansas, I really can't dig anything up beyond that, which I really, really want to know the details on that. Like we've talked about, this This is... a uh, G Gordon Liddy is, is kind of like the rabbit hole in this one. Then he gets out of FBI and then he becomes a patent attorney, which I'm sure you're a fan of. That's that's intellectual
1: property law.
0: Exciting law stuff. He kind of does a lateral move. He becomes a prosecutor, assistant D.A. out in Pukeski. Pukeski. From Kansas. Way up there. Beyond way beyond Kansas. And in Pukewski, when he is assistant DA, he does amazing things. He drives around town in a jeep. He always carries a sidearm. He always carries a revolver. Uh, at one time, I bet it was an eight-shot twenty-two. He smashed wood on the jury rail like he was. Doing. I, I don't loved know
1: if, that story. I don't yes. know
0: if that was like closing arguments or whatever, but he he smashes wood. On the jury, ah, I, 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 habeas corpus, ah, and he does that, and then I don't know if he wins that trial or not. But they were like, "Hey, listen, um, you have to pay for that shit." So he had to pay. He had to pay to replace it. This guy, and then the gun
1: uh, one was great.
0: Oh no, no! Please tell me the like the dumbest thing that you've heard in all of your years of attorney of attorney doing dumb shit in court. You tell me. I, And then I'll tell you the dumbest thing that actually happened in a court (laughs) in America, by from, from, from an assistant DA, go ahead. Okay. So I
1: no, I saw this story on, on Mr. Lovett's Liddy where they said, Oh, this person couldn't have shot them because the gun doesn't work. And they were like, Oh, the defense doesn't know this, but the gun does work. Let's put some blanks in it. And right in closing arguments, the argument of this gun doesn't work. I'm going to hold it up and fire it off. And it worked. It was fantastic. I love that.
0: G. Gordon Liddy shot a firearm (laughs) in a courthouse in an active trial in front of a judge and a jury. And the judge... Swiveled his chair he was like holy shit what is going on and 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 yeah so the fbi called him reckless i bet he won that
1: trial he he probably did if defense is saying this gun doesn't work he did it during
0: summation he did yeah there was another uh, situation where he like waved a knife under the jurors (laughs) and then they they overturned that one he lost when he was like does this look like a knife to you and he's like, and then the jurors were like this guy is a maniac so he lost the <laughs> knife one but I, I i you know what we definitely 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 need follow up on did he win the, the case went... where he shot a gun into the ceiling during a tri- during his supposedly it was during his summation and also the judge was like swiveling his chair away like this guy is a maniac <laughs> so this is g gordon Liddy, everybody uh like i said sometimes when you do a history story you get you get down a down a rabbit hole this guy is an amazing amazing rabbit hole he also did a drug raid Short, i mean like as a assistant da he was responsible for a drug raid after that where members of steely dan i don't know if they oh. had, yeah, I don't know if they were in Steely Dan at the time, but they got taken up in that drug raid. He also Sean Esquire helped establish the um, the country's Sky Marshal program. Yeah.
1: Oh, like the the guys on the planes.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Before nine. Carrying
1: guns, staying hidden. Yeah.
0: So that's that's G. Gordon Liddy. So that all of that being said, the guy is, uh, as the FBI had said before, he's a little unhinged. He's a little—I don't think that you can say a
1: He's to. an outside-the-box thinker.
0: You know, when say. you go to you know how it is when you go to court and you and you're doing your closing arguments and you got to shoot a gun into the <laughs> into the ceiling and the and the judge like swivels his chair like oh my god no. To so, really
1: fire your point home.
0: So this guy uh, eventually he works his way into DC, he works his way into the White House, works his way into into Nixon and all that stuff. And by this time Nixon's like, "Hey, I I uh I don't need all these people talking trash about me and all this stuff." And so one of the people that Nixon just decides, "Hey, I, I can't stand this guy. This guy is uh he is named uh Ellsberg, right? That's the Pentagon paper guy. Pen- Pentagon's paper guy. So they find out this is, you know, back in the 70s, like, oh, this guy goes to a shrink. We should, uh, you know, what would be really great is if we break into his shrink's office and we get the information, and then that'll, we'll just destroy him, you know, media wise. This Mentally, is before. Oh. Well, I mean, this is before Facebook and that, like everybody, you could just be like, I'm going to give a thumbs down or whatever. So that's what they did. So G. Gordon Liddy, he gets together this uh, team. <laughs> these ragtag, uh, this ragtag group of people. He gets uh, he gets these uh, Cuban dudes from uh, the, Cuba. Well, I mean, not just Cuba, but like Bay of Pigs. So, mm. you know. The decision was made that they said, oh, well, we'll get these uh, Cuban guys and then it won't be traced back to the president because Nixon is like, go break into the psychiatrist office, get these papers, and then we'll destroy this guy. And they said, you got it, Mr. President. And then he said, "Uh, no, 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 no. I can't have one person connected to me or two people. I need like, you know, a buffer, two, three, four people. So Mm -hmm. that's what uh... smart. It is smart, and and Liddy was like, you know what? If you want a guy that has fired a, a gun, gun in front of a judge and jury, then uh, I'm your guy. And so that so then he assembles this this team, and then they there's a whole disaster. They break into the office of the psychiatrist, and by the way, it's supposed to be a covert covert op, right? It's supposed to go in, get the file, mm-hmm. get out, boom, 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 boom. No problem right wrong they go in there and they smash files and they leave a big mess and there's like clearly you know if you're a doctor it's gonna look like
1: a burglary
0: (laughs) they go in and it's just like oh yeah got broken into and they did all of that and they got nothing (laughs) stupid idiots people (laughs) so that's what they did so ellsberg was not brought down at all zero then flash forward to all of the uh uh the political turmoil that was going on and then this guy (laughs) this guy uh liddy (laughs) he's so great i love this guy i mean just like comically g gordon liddy he puts together this plan so he has multiple plans right and uh eventually he lands on the um (laughs) the gemstone Gemstone plan. Sean Esquire, why is the gemstone plan?
1: They um, they named all the people after gemstones, but they ran out of names. They had to start using like coal and brick.
0: Exactly. Stone So they went through all the stones. They went through diamond and gold and all this other stuff, and then eventually they're just like, oh, we'll do the uh, we'll do the gemstone gemstone thing. So this, this plan is like sitting on the books for a while. And eventually it has to come to fruition because Nixon is like, I hate this guy and this guy, we got to bring the, we got to bring down this guy. I got to bring down this guy. And that's why, that's why Nixon appreciate an impersonation. And then, so uh, what happens is, is they're, they're pushing and pushing for it. And uh, then he finally gets the, he finally gets the green light. So the money for this is around 300 K and, I'm not exactly sure that it's tax dollars, but I know for sure that a lot of it is um, campaign dollars. This is 300K 1972. So we are looking at around 2.2 million, right? Also, one of the best things at all, uh, this is um, this Orwellian speech. They came up with, quote, political intelligence, end quote, uh Sean Esquire, what what is political intelligence like? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna actively engage in political intelligence. Yeah, doing, that's like when you I, think, when I feel you like throw, my Nixon, my Nixon is getting better. We're, we're gonna actively uh, engage not a in crook. Uh, political intelligence. You, I'm I'm nailing it now. Go ahead. That's
1: where you throw out fake news on your opponents.
0: <laughs> you know what? That is absolutely what it is now, but back then it was just flat out spying. <laughs> that's that's all oh. they would do. Yeah, that's what they would do. And so uh, I love that uh, Liddy was using these uh, these bay of pigs guys. So the I say the plumber crew, the plumbers, was five dudes that were gonna do this, uh that were gonna do this break in. And uh, before we get to that, I, I want to bring this up that this is a <laughs> this is a great story. And so Jeb uh, Magru- Magruder was deputy campaign guy. And uh, he eventually, he's like, you know, all these guys got prison sentences more or less, more or less most of them. So he found, he found God. When, when you hear the, these sound bites, I want you to remember the guy that's talking about killing Jack Anderson and the guy, the guy that sounds like this, the guy that says, we're going to kill this guy that is g gordon liddy and so uh hang on here one second i'm gonna pull up let's let's take a quick break so i can pull this up but also on this clip you're gonna hear uh dean who is um who is uh the chief counsel of the president some big big players in all of this and most of these guys went to jail because they deserve to so a quick break and then we will come back with historic historic uh quotes here welcome to a doctor and lawyer walk into a podcast we are coving covering watergate and on this particular clip you're gonna hear a weird nasally guy and the nasally guy is talking about killing jack anderson that is uh that is litty. Uh, you're also going to hear this guy john dean he's counsel to the president Remember that all of these guys uh, got prison sentences. However, a lot of the prison sentences were commuted. And um, yeah, get ready, get ready, get ready to be really pissed off about uh, how much uh, how much these guys got away with. But this is what we were dealing with in 1972.
2: We have a responsibility to the citizens of the
3: president's ambitious young counsel, John Dean. Now help to arrange the most
2: improbable appointment of the Nixon presidency. John Dean said the best way I could serve the president in 1972, the campaign year, would be to be the political intelligence chieftain.
0: That's liddy uh,
2: That uh, what he wanted was uh, a full political intelligence plan.
3: Liddy moved across Pennsylvania Avenue to the president's re-election headquarters. His new boss, Jeb Magruder, wasn't prepared for the phenomenon that the
2: White House had sent him. I have lots to talk about with people over at the White House. Liddy was in the office and I said something uh, as an aside uh, uh, that uh, wouldn't it be good if we could get rid of Jack Anderson.
3: Jack Anderson's syndicated column was a thorn in the side of
2: the Nixon campaign. Gordon Liddy emerged from the office. Uh, He brushed by me and he said, uh, uh, Jeb just told me to take care of Jack Anderson. He said, what's that? I said, I am to kill Jack Anderson. I am on my way to kill Jack Anderson. He said, oh, my God. I took off like a deer running down the hall. I then went into Magruder's office and I said, Jeb, uh, did you just tell him to rub out Jack Anderson? And he came back in, and I said, the, the Gordon, I was just uh, talking off the cuff. I wasn't serious. And Liddy looked at me with that
1: stern, you know, sort of macho look, and he said, never give me an order for
3: a hit job that you don't mean, because I'll do it. Liddy was impatient to get on with his intelligence operation. Bypassing Magruder, he went straight
2: to the White House to ask John Dean how big he was supposed to think. I said, well, if you're talking about an all-out, full offensive and defensive capability political intelligence uh, operation. You're talking about one hell of a lot of money, first of all. And he said, how about half a million dollars for openers? And I said, well, you're in the ballpark there. That's Liddy.
1: Oh, my God, this guy. (laughs) So he was to rub him out.
0: Well, he thought that, like, just a joke – uh, that he was like, oh'm I'm, I'm just I'm serving my president and I'm doing all these things. So yeah, when you hear the guy speaking out of his nose, I'm gonna I'm gonna go kill you. he Who's was really gonna do it literally thinking about that, right. So that's what it boils down to when it when it comes down to the actual Watergate is that uh, they that they're thinking about, um, you know, they're going back and forth to this day, they're saying, did, did uh, G. Gordon Liddy was he was he the leader guy or was it Hunt? And so I really think, like listening to these old interviews, that that Gordon Liddy was was pushing all of this. Sean Esquire, how high do you think this went? Do you think uh, like we're we're already in the office? Of right, the president, I, I'm not so sure what, what their
1: issue was with water so much um, that they, they were going to kill people, I guess, over it in order to knock out people in the media um i mean obviously if he's getting direction from people in the white house you would assume that the president knew about this stuff going on um because why else would you try to you know do anything that's going to damage your you know president's political career unless
0: he how many people from how many people from that high up, like White House level, do you think went to uh, went to jail over all of this? Uh, so, uh, spoiler: alert, White uh, Watergate is breaking into the Democratic Water facility, uh, political the, the right the head office to spy on them because that's how paranoid Nixon was, and so uh, these guys it went it went above mm-hmm. them. So, Sean Esquire. What is the highest level of person that actually went to jail? Um, all of this? Cause it wasn't, no, it wasn't the president. It wasn't the president. Obviously. Right now. Um,
1: probably some low level guy that got blamed for the breaking and entering of the democratic national convention would be my guess. The
0: highest ranking person that went to jail in all of this. Sean Esquire lawyer of lawyers. John Mitchell, the Attorney General the of the egg. United States, for, former former Navy guy, he wow. went to jail. He got jail over this because Nixon had handed down all these orders and they said, we want you guys to break into the Democratic uh, office and uh, and dig up dirt because basically Nixon was tired of uh, he was tired of um, Larry O'Brien was the, the Democrat leader. And that is the official story. And like we always talk about official the story information yeah. and the, the mm-hmm. disinformation. Right. So uh, in the course of all of this, now we're, now we're staring, staring down the barrel of <clears throat> operation gemstone. Cause they went through all the other stone names for everyone else. This guy Halderman, which a lot of people called the president's the Uh Yes. He's the one that signed off on the op. He's the one that approved. And by the way, it took years to find that, that, that documentation. Uh, <laughs> and, and all, of, I say all of these guys, most of these guys are attorneys. Sean Esquire, <laughs> yay for you. Most of these guys are former military Navy or otherwise. And so their whole thing was, well, we have to back up Nixon because if we don't, then the uh, then the hippies are going to win, and then the communists are going to win, and then uh, and then who knows what's going to happen? So in the course of all of this, then Liddy puts together this plan. Not number one, puts together this plan, insane plan, Mister uh, Mister Unhinged from the FBI days. Mr. I fired off a gun in the courthouse. Uh, and all of this is so that he can mm-hmm. protect the president. Uh, he's just blinded by, I, I wouldn't say blinded by blinded patriotism, but blinded way. by, well, yeah, by his own ambition and uh, maybe possibly hatred hippies. for mm-hmm. hippies. And uh, and yeah, and, and in general. So this is leading up to actually breaking in to the democratic office at the Watergate hotel
3: plan to go forward. But did the white house know we have uncovered the only existing written evidence of the authorization of the Watergate project for 20 years. It was thought that all copies of this memorandum had been deliberately destroyed by the aide who wrote it for Haldeman.
2: This is a truly amazing document to service at this late date. And what the document says is that Gordon Liddy's intelligence operation proposal, 300,000, has been approved, right there in big black and white letters. If Haldeman knew about this, there is no doubt in my mind that Richard Nixon knew about this, because everything that Haldeman knew, he knew for the sake of Richard Nixon. And it's just inconceivable to me that, that this type of information, which Nixon loved, would not be shared with him we knew that gordon liddy had been uh set in as uh this campaign counsel, but with the responsibility for intelligence and uh apparently he had had a budget approved and was was going to start moving on doing whatever he was going to do i was called in by jeff stewart mcgruder to Where his office and he said can you get into the Watergate office building we want you to wiretap Larry O'Brien's telephone and uh, put in a room monitoring device so the conversations in there can be held anything that's available we want it photographed
3: to photograph the documents Liddy rehired the Cubans who would handle the Ellsberg job if anything went wrong their White House connection could not be traced But the man he chose to bug the phones mainline right back to the nixon
2: organization i took the decision a dangerous gamble and risk something i had told people i wouldn't do and i recruited mr james mccord who was the security chief of the committee to re-elect the president
3: The president himself was 5,000 miles away in Moscow. He crowned a year of foreign policy triumphs by signing the first nuclear arms limitation agreement with the Soviet leader Leonid Brezhnev. On Sunday, May 28th, he concluded his trip with a televised speech to the Russian people.
0: So that is Liddy. And uh, he had huge plans that he had eventually gone into the uh, attorney general's office talking about kidnapping people, using the uh, using the uh, the mafia to get people south of the border. So kidnap somebody, take them south of the border uh, and quote unquote rub them out. That's that's what they were dealing with back then. The plumbers from Watergate uh, was. Five dudes. There was Bernard Barker, and uh, he was the one. (laughs) This guy's great. Former CIA and uh, also involved in the Bay of Pigs, Cuban guy. He was the one. Because the cops found his address book, his address book had uh, uh, White House stuff on there. So that's pretty much what brought them all down. By the way, all these guys died at old, old, old ages. This is what impresses me uh Bernard Barker died at 92. James McCord, he was former FBI and CIA, right? So these are not regular burglars. Uh he died at 93. Then there was this guy, so now they have the um the uh, Cuban uh ex ex-Cuban guys. Virgilio Gonzalez, he was a locksmith. He was he was pretty much a CIA agent. They, they say he was he had CIA connections. He was an agent from Cuba and from Miami. He lived to the old age of 97. James McCord lived to the old age of 93. Frank Sturgis was CIA, quote unquote, connections, which means CIA, from Miami, also from Miami. He was the youngest. He died the youngest of the group at 68. There's another one you Eugenio Martinez, he was CIA quote-unquote connections, Cuban exile uh, from Miami. So lots of these ex-Cuban dudes from Miami, the guys that helped him break into the psychiatrist office. He died at 98 as well. So in all of this, these guys breaking into the the Democrat uh, office, they, they had tried a couple times in May, didn't go well. They failed. Uh, these guys are supposed to be super duper uh, CIA guys, whatever. They're not good at their job. At one point, they like leave bugging devices <laughs> and they escape and they say, "Oh, well, the bugging devices—they only gave us like the hair appointments of the ladies <laughs> and things like that." I don't believe any. No, 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 no. that—that—that's a lie. There's a whole like backlog conspiracy theory on on all of that. What kind of spy then, devices uh, were they in... using? Oh my god excellent question from Sean, Sean Esquire you you can you can look this stuff up online. They had these uh, chapsticks like have you ever uh, used yeah. chapstick and then you could be like talking to the chapstick well just remember this was 1972 so this was they there was no Wi-Fi mm-hmm. back then right so there was none of that. so they had these chapsticks where you you would put the chapstick on and then you'd be like uh, red leader to green leader <laughs> into the chapstick. But the chapstick had this huge cord, this extension cord, like a like your fucking dryer (laughs) in your laundry room, because it was the '70s, right? So you can literally, when the cops caught these guys. By the way, how do the how do the cops catch the the plumbers? These CIA, FBI, military they they were doing overboard secret guys. They were hiding behind desks. They had like tried to put tape on a door so that the door wouldn't close and that didn't work and all this other shit. And then so when the cops were doing their sweep or whatever, they're like, hey, 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 come on, come on. Get out there from <laughs> under the desk. So these grown men these grown men came out from under the behind the desk with their suits and everything. And then when they started um I mean not strip searching them, when they started clearing their pockets and everything, they were like, what is this chapstick? What is this? Why does your chapstick have a 15-pound electric cord on it? <laughs> like, because it's the 70s and there's no such thing as <laughs> there's no such thing as Wi-Fi. So uh yeah, they were they were very, very handily caught, which by the way, uh I think that was the whole plan all along. They were gonna throw those guys under the bus, they were gonna get caught either like the real team had gone in, you know, or this, these guys were just the smokescreen team, but there's a whole thing online about the guy that had given up, um, the, um, Bernard, uh, Bernard Barker had an address he, book on him, he, he, he right? He That's found why I got, or
1: was it Bernard?
0: Bernie. Uh, Bernie? B, B dog. Is it the
1: weekend at his
0: place. So, um, the whole reason why they connected them to the White House and everything like that was because uh, a B. B. Nizzle had an address book, and in the address book there was a there was a connection to, um, to <laughs> his uh, electrical Hunt. cable was
1: run all the way to sixteen hundred presidential. <laughs> yeah,
0: 400, 400 yards. Yeah, on the on on the, on his address book there was also like a connection. to Why? So because of. Because of Bernard, that's how they tied it in to the White House, mm. all of their bullshit. So the official story is they, they were breaking into the Democratic, uh, you know, the head, the DNC the headquarters, which was there in the in the Watergate Hotel. Right. And then uh, Forrest Gump was like uh, playing with lights or whatever because he was special needs. And then um, and then they they caught these guys that were in suits who this was their third time breaking in. These guys are supposed to be <laughs> FBI guys, CIA guys. They're, this is they blew it on the first time. The second time, they didn't get the bugging devices into the um, into uh, Larry O'Brien is the leader of the DNC. They didn't get bugging devices into his phone. They didn't get bugging devices into his desk. They put bugging devices a- around the secretaries or whatever. So then when they when they went, this is the you know, attempt number two. So then when, when they went back to their headquarters, they were just like, they said, Oh, it was all um, like hair appointments and whatever. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. There is a story, the real deal story online about Ida Maxine Wells. Ida Maxine Wells was kind of like the head secretary. And if you, I mean, you have a, you have an office. If you've ever worked in an office, the head secretary she knows more mm-hmm. than the boss. She knows exactly where things are. She knows all of, the, you know, so that they, they had bugged her particular area. And they're like, Oh, we, we don't know what's going on with, uh, with Larry O'Brien. We don't know what's going on with, with the, with the democratic national convention, whatever else that's complete BS. They wanted these guys to be caught. I think they, you know, this was the smokescreen. This was the diversion team. This is very, 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 very CIA FBI 101. They send in these team of idiots and they're like, oh, uh, hey, we're hiding behind desk. And the cops show up and they're like, okay, we got it. And then you. the real team comes and The in real team. Gets all the info. The, the real team is, is, is getting stuff done, right? So one of the things was that to this day, they said, "What did the uh, What did the surveillance show from Ida Maxine Wells that they had actually got a bug over there?" And they said, "Oh, it's nothing about um, like hair appointments and things like that." This is the seventies bullshit. <laughs> she was talking on the phone, you know, from her office to other high end Democrats about all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not buying that at all. Never mind the fact that you have five burglars. Most of them are XCIA and um yeah. Ridiculous. So
1: I know you mentioned something in what was the mobs involvement in here?
0: Like the mobs of people? The, oh the mafia. the mafia people. Okay, even better. Yeah. I think that we should probably tackle this on the next podcast, but I will say The deal is, like, I'm talking about the Mm -hmm. whole smoke screen, the whole smoke and mirrors that they had said, oh, we, you know, we went in three times. Okay, your CIA, your former CIA, former FBI, former military, you went in one time and you couldn't get the job Mm -hmm. done, right? You went in two times and then you're like, oh, I I, I bugged the secretary's desk. And then you went in the third time and then, by the way, all of this is, like, (laughs) within a month. Right, two times in May and one time in June. Do you remember the time that you broke into something <laughs> and it didn't work, and then you went back like a week later?
1: Yeah, yeah of, of course. Right? said No,
0: mean. and and then, and and you're a member of the CIA, and you're like, oh yeah, I broke into this place and it didn't go well, so I'm just gonna break in like you know four or five days later. <laughs> it's gonna work out. The story is dumb. So they have a uh, a girl's um, um, women of ill repute. I think it's what it was back in back then. They have a, uh, they just so happen to have. It's not exactly a cat house, but it's this uh, cadre of, uh, the of these cats. ladies, uh, lit, uh, literally across the street, right? And so apparently the DNC, the this is the Democratic head office. They would send you know guys over there. I say they would send the guys would go over there under their own volition and whatever else. Those ladies would bring all kinds of. Political secrets around town, and so um, this is what I want to want to tackle on the next one. But the story goes is that a lot of these women were connected with the mob, so they had a lot of comings and goings uh, and conversations with Democrats and Republicans, and this famous, famous, famous gangster, Jewish gangster. Maya Meyer Lansky. Yeah, did I say yeah, it right? right?
1: Wait, who was? What was the attorney that shot the gun? Liddy,
0: Liddy. G. okay, Liddy, Liddy Lansky. Okay, I mean Lansky's, you know, like very Jewish guy, you know, and and Liddy is, uh, I have to assume, like super duper <laughs> Protestant. So. Yeah, one of the big one of the big conspiracies on all of this which I tend to believe is that this team of idiots that went in and couldn't get it done and then went in and couldn't get it done and then went in a third time and they were like, "Oh, I'm former FBI and I'm former CIA and uh, I'm hiding behind a desk. You got me and I've got my chapstick <laughs> my chapstick spy my chapstick spyware with my 15 pound extension cord you know
1: what that's a life lesson for you right there if you ever hear anybody say i'm former cia you should assume they're probably still working for the government right when when do you just when do you just stop like
0: one of the one of the reports if you get online and watch these interviews is that there was three cops that busted them and then one of the cops had damn near shot (laughs) the i I think one of the Cuban guys, right. One of these Bay of pig, uh, Cuban guys that he had reached in his coat to hide this mm. key. Right. And the key, the key ended up in the national archives. And the key was, uh, taped to this, uh, yellow notebook. That key was supposed to unlock the secret lock on, um, on, uh, the, uh, Democrat guy's, uh, desk on, uh, well from from Maxine, I, uh, well, Maxine right? Wells, Larry Larry O'Brien was heading up the Democratic Ro office, so they had a key to get into his uh, secret compartment of his desk They never they went into that office three times and they never got a bugging device in Larry O'Brien's phone or his desk or whatever. How many times do you think CIA ex-CIA, ex-military, ex? whatever went in there and they didn't get a single bugging device into his phone or whatever. And they had, they had a key to get into it. They're either very,
1: very terrible or this wasn't the real group,
0: the real, real. I mean, come on. You're that terrible that you can't get in after three. And the third time you get caught red handed. Come on. No, no one believes that that's complete (laughs) bullshit. So this, this team, the quote unquote plumbers, right? These five idiots, Um, these were the guys that the real guys threw under the bus to get whatever. Across the street, there's all these girls that just happen to be across the street from DNC, right? And they're hooking up with all these Democrat, Republican guys, whatever else. Meyer uh, Lansky, this uh, famous, famous Jewish mobster guy, had a famous quote. And he said, one day we'll have our own president. So you have to remember that this is the 70s so the like a president for the is, mob they own they they own mm-hmm. Vegas right if you own Vegas then you are just a hair away from owning enough senators to make a dent in in DC and politics in the US and all and all of that stuff so that's that's my take on all of it and I and I think that we Really should delve into it uh, for uh, for follow up, but I will say Sean Esquire in closing. G. Gordon Liddy, uh, this guy is such a character. He got twenty years. How how much of his twenty years did he mm, serve? Six. Got twenty years. He oh, wait, served it's federal uh, fifty four months.
1: Uh, so uh, it's just oh, a little yeah. over four What four four and a half years? That's close.
0: Yeah, he got 20 he got 20 years and all these guys got like breaking breaking and entering and conspiracy and in this and this. So he got 20 years, he served 52 months and he got a $40,000 fine. Also, when he got out, he has a he had like a radio program. He had like a radio program with Timothy Leary, who's the famous guy saying tune in, drop out, do acid, okay. all of that. So I, I I'll be listening to a lot of G Gordon Liddy stuff over the next couple. Also, I'll be watching the show, the actual, uh, the plumbers, white House plumbers from, um, from, uh, HBO soon. John Mitchell in the history of the United States, John Mitchell attorney general, former Navy went to jail. How much, uh, how much time mm. did he do?
1: Probably four years and lost his law license.
0: He got two to eight years and served 19 months. So this is the highest lawyer of the land, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a big, 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 big deal. Uh, James McCord, he was uh, ex-CIA and FBI and ex-Air Force. He was part of the plumber crew. Uh, He got uh, one to five years. He served four months. Bernard Bark. He's the, good old uh, Bernard. He's the guy. If, if, if good old uh, B Dizzle uh FBI agent. He uh, there's some confusion online. He got like a couple of sentences, like he got two to five, to, uh, he got 2.5 to 6 years, then he served 18 months, then he got more. Uh so um anyway, he got he got jail time, whatever it was. Virgilio Gonzalez. He was, uh, he was the lock. He was the uh, he was the locksmith, right? He was a CIA agent, probably from Cuba, and um, he got one to four years. He served a year. Frank Sturris, uh, CIA quote unquote connections. Uh, he was a Cuban revolutionary. He, I think, he got. One to four years. He served um, 14 months. Then there was Eugenio Martinez, CIA, quote unquote, connections. Also, uh, ex-Cuba guy. He got uh, one to four years and he served 15 months. And he was pardoned by Reagan. I love the fact that uh, G. Gordon Liddy got 20 years, commuted to eight years, commuted to eight years by Jimmy Carter only uh and then he had like a $40,000 fine and also without getting to all of the other stuff i mean multiple convictions multiple assholes here uh one of the big 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 things that brought down the whole thing as we all know was this uh whistleblower named deep throat <laughs> who communicated in uh in um uh, garages like dark uh, parking garages with um the washington post mostly this famous journalist named bob woodward from the washington post so that's where all this came from this guy deep throat that was leaking all this information to bob woodward from the washington post was not revealed until the early 2000s Hmm. who was deep throat people said that for years and years and years and years decades so this, is, this story is 1972, 1973, uh, and then he's not revealed until5. William Felt. William Felt was the FBI assistant, uh, assistant director. So William Felt was what's known in this day and age, as a whistleblower. direct 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 from the fbi i don't know if we have any any uh whistleblowers these days you know uh, i
1: wonder how they got that term like was there somebody at the beginning that had a whistle and blew into it when they knew corruption was going down
0: yeah i think so i think i think it was like a like a coach thing you know when the coach is like um like hey get over here
1: and he was blowing your whistle like hey no, Former Krump.
0: Associative Director of the FBI. And so, yeah. Can you think of anything going on now where the FBI is like, we don't like whistleblowers. Whistleblowers are the worst.
1: I can't imagine that's ever happened in yeah. history since yeah. then.
0: So guess what? The entire <laughs> Nixon administration was brought down from an FBI whistleblower. So FBI when you are fucking around and you're doing warrantless spying and you are, you are making uh, files on Martin Luther King, which you did and Frank Sinatra and you're going after uh, like kids with dime bags and you're wasting tax dollars and wasting tax dollars or you're uh, you're going after the wrong politicians. You're going after the politicians that uh, that don't have the lobbyists that Uh, that are telling you to go after whatever, like whistleblowers matter, period. So again, like Sean Esquire and I have said for many, many years, here we go. The entire story of Watergate, bringing down the Nixon administration, all of that would have never happened without a whistleblower. And whistleblower just happened to be the associative director of a FBI didn't even come out until, uh, 2005. Also, uh, way to go. FBI guy that you, uh, you went with deep throat. That was your (laughs) solid code name. Yeah. I mean, back then they were like, oh man, this is the best porn ever. So, um, I don't know, man, I'm not here to judge. I'm just glad that you, that was that a bond villain. Deep throat. Yeah. Or like a care bear. We're like, (laughs) Hey kids. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everyone. I'm sorry. I am not a crook. So, uh, with that, you know, Sean Esquire, I do have to shut down soon. Uh, I'm going to say that, uh, because of you, I did get into a show called jury duty, which I highly recommend to everyone. Super hilarious. So, so hilarious and um and we have a lot to cover next week but uh but i i think we've we've just we've tackled so much that i uh-huh. i i i have to digest it i can't i really it's my i'm sweet i'm just overwhelmed with the amount of information that we've tackled at this point
1: no i'm with you um i'm gonna say one more shout out to all the dads out there oh. hope everyone has a good father's day and i'm like to thank my wife and daughter for my new beer fridge for the podcast so um everyone go crack a cold one and i will see you next week
0: happy father's day to all the dads that are actually being dads and go to hell all the dads that are not taking care of your kids we love you real dads we love you real moms and kids and god bless america and we will talk to you very soon thank you everyone and uh Sean Esquire thank you for being an excellent friend excellent person and you are an excellent dad also thank so, you hey sir. everybody also dads don't forget uh today's your day it's your it's your rules and uh you you get to uh you know what get to do as much weird sex stuff as you want it's your day it's our day everybody that's our day take care everybody